123-85, the Jazz win. As the Jazz dominate PK, your Pac-12 guys played. <laughs> Don't blame it on the Pac-12. Pac-12 isn't as bad as the uh, Portland Trailblazers. No, they, that was not a, you know, hey, let's be fair. I think we kind of forgot throughout this game the amount of guys they have missing, right? I mean, oh, for sure. Dave Lillard, Anthony Simons, Nizer, Little, Little's really good. Yeah. I mean, they, um, but yeah, no, that was, there wasn't much to that one. The Jazz did what they're supposed to do. I think the good thing for me is, you know, everybody knows I got to get up early, so I'm going to miss some sleep, but I was able to catch up on my sleep during the course of the game. That's good. That is, that is, that is good. All right, on that note, we'll let you guys go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, David and Ron. We'll talk to you on Friday. Yeah. All right, 123 to 85 is your final. The Jazz mop the floor with the Blazers. PK and I are breaking it down next on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Patrick Kinahan filling in for Coach Lacombe tonight. Jazz wax the Blazers one twenty three to eighty five. And PK, this Blazers team just is not trying to win. They're they're not <laughs> they're not exactly an NBA team right now. The Jazz just uh, beat them like they should have. Yeah, I think management and due to the composition of the roster with injuries, they're the ones not trying to win. Any of the players are. They're just not good enough. Yes, yes, absolutely. And the Jazz. Uh, did what they needed to do. They raced out to, what, the 20-point lead in the first 15 minutes of the game or so, and then from then on, it was just a matter of time. Let's just run out the clock. <laughs> yeah, indeed, and thank Chauncey Billups for calling that timeout with about 90 seconds to go. Sure glad he got that in there. Yeah, uh, I think that might have been uh, NBA-mandated right. since it's a national <clears throat> televised game. Right, got to get those spots in. Uh, Bogdanovich had 27 to lead the way for the Jazz, although he left the game with a leg contusion. So we'll keep you updated on that if we get any news. Donovan Mitchell was 16. Uh, both those guys were plus 43. Throw in Royce O'Neal, <laughs> plus 43 for the game. PK, amazing. Yeah, all three of those guys were plus 28 at halftime, and then they're all plus 43. That's really uh I don't know what would it say, a freak of numbers, I guess, to see the three guys with the exact same and, of course, being as high. Donovan Mitchell could play another 10-plus years in the league, and I don't know that he'd have a plus-minus that right. that high. How about uh, how about this, though, for uh, Josh Hart, who played 26 minutes tonight for the Blazers and was a minus 51? I don't know if I've ever seen that. Yeah, I think that they might have some of these guys for Portland who would actually be a minus – more than the margin of defeat was. <laughs> well, the margin of defeat was wide, 123 to 85. And honestly, PK, if you look at the scores, Portland scored 15 in the first, 20 in the second, 14 in the third, and then 36 in the fourth. So when the Jazz, you know, real bench got in, Portland was able to score a few more. But that's amazing. Uh, what is that? They had uh, 50 points at the end of the third quarter. Yeah, it was embarrassing for an NBA product, you know. Uh, that's the situation that they're in. But still, um, I don't think you want to sink this low. But nevertheless, this is where they are. And I'm sure these guys and this management and Chauncey Billups as a rookie head coach is just thinking, get me to April so yeah. we can get out of here and start <laughs> to reload and see what we can come up with. Yeah, and there's certainly a, a team that played like it tonight. And I don't mean that. I think you're right. The the players who are out there for Portland, uh, you know, played hard and gave it their all, but uh, played like a team that, that's throwing out a shorthanded team on purpose. Yeah, there's nothing you can do about it there. The injuries, the trades, and the talent that they have left, and I use that word loosely, at the NBA level, you yep. know, if they were at another level, I'm sure they'd be very good. But at this level, the highest level against a really good team on the road, I mean, you really stand no chance. All right, with that, we will say goodnight to our network stations. Our next broadcast is coming your way Friday night. The Jazz will be in San Antonio to take on the Spurs. That game will tip off at 6.30. For those of you sticking around with us, we've got post-game sound for you. We'll continue to break this one down as well as the Jazz win big over the Blazers, 123-85 right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Catch and shoot three. Pow! 
clock is at zero, and another Utah Jazz game is in the books. This is the Jazz Post Game Show. Ingles underhand scoop to Conley. Back out to Joe. Fires the three. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Donovan skies and hammers. Now with the recap of tonight's game, here's Jake Scott and Tim LaCole. Jazz game night post game show. Jazz radio network. Jake Scott, Patrick Kinahan in tonight for uh, Coach Tim Lacombe. Uh, post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share markmillersubaru.com. Your final 123 to 85. The Jazz uh, take care of business against the Blazers tonight. PK, I guess where uh, I'll start off here is what, what, did, what could we exactly learn from a game like this from the Utah Jazz? I don't think you'll learn a lot from the Jazz perspective. It's something that we've asked them to do, and they did it at a high level, and a lot of it was relative to the competition. But what we're asking them to do is that when you play these teams that are clearly inferior to you to win. Now, this is probably, as we said earlier, the most inferior team to the Jazz, and then they hammered them. So that's great. You got that going on. This is what we want the rest of the way. And coming up Friday, coming up Saturday, two teams that are clearly inferior to you. Now, they're not inferior to the Blazers, so we expect more of a competitive game. But still, take care of business against the teams that you're supposed to do that against. And that's exactly what they did. They were supposed to blow them out, and they did did it so there's something to be said for doing what you're supposed to do yeah i i would agree with that but there also is a, a big difference you know like houston uh, has a terrible record but that houston team we saw the other night pk and this blazers team different different i mean this blazers oh exactly team is yeah a whole and we'll see level. that the rest yeah. of the way uh, they, you they will not face the team as bad as these no. guys but still they will face teams that they're better than so let's go ahead and get the victory that's what matters the most. Take care of business and leave your your key guys in the 20s from a minute standpoint. I mean, tonight, Donovan, Royce, Bogdanovich all at 24 minutes, Rudy with 22, Conley with 20. I mean, you've got to like to see that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Keep them rest and uh, rested and and manage that time a little bit, especially when it comes to somebody like Mike Conley. This was a... Uh, you know, a good opportunity for him. He had five points and five assists, but just had to play 20 minutes. What do you think about Donovan Mitchell's six assists? That's a, a stat that jumps off uh, the page to me. Donovan's been in double-digit assists lately, PK, including the other night when you and I were doing the show together. Uh, you may say six assists. That doesn't sound like a whole lot. In 24 minutes, that's that's not bad at all for Donovan Mitchell. It seems like he's he had that great um, uh, uh, look-away pass to sign. Yeah. Uh, to, well, he had one to Bogdanovich and one to Whiteside, right? And yeah. it seems like he can his reads is the word that he likes to use. It seems like that skill has been honed particularly well recently. The one to Bogdanich specifically that I like is that you actually have to be aware and know what is going on before, well before, long before the ball gets to you. Because that's a touch pass in the corner, and he's in the key, right? So he's underneath the bucket. So he makes that pass literally as far as you can go to the corner. You can't go any longer. And he's got the strength. We know he was a pitcher before he had the shoulder or arm or whatever it was, so he can deliver the ball. But the thing that I like is it's the mindset. You have to have the mindset of, I am going to pass the ball when I get it because I see a shooter over there who's really good and he's unguarded. And I believe when you're unguarded, your percentage is probably going to go up 15% as opposed to take a contested shot. So the mindset that he has to have before even getting the ball, I think that's what's important because we know he can score. He probably could have scored on that very ball uh, pass that he got before throwing it because he was right there but it would have been a two throw it out and basically flick it touch pass it out to Bogdanovich and you can get a three which you know obviously three is more than two and the thing about it he's knowing all that in a split second because there's no hesitation whatsoever so he's developed himself as a passer particularly what they need with Joe Ingles being gone you need somebody else who's a facilitator a play starter as I heard Lawrence Frank say of the Clippers play starters is what he looks for in guys as far as being able to be passers play finishers is what he's talking about so Donovan was a play starter in that regard Bogdanovich was the play finisher 
I'm glad you brought up the uh, brought up Joe. Of course, Ingles technically a member of this Trailblazer team. The Jazz, by the way, did a really nice uh, tribute video to him. Uh, what was that in between the first and second quarters, PK? Although Joe wasn't out in the arena to get kind of his his standing O when they showed him on the video board. Uh, not sure, maybe he was. Yeah, back it's a to, tough spot for him yeah. to be in. You know, he's got to go support his new team, but does he want to be in there just yet? Obviously, right. he chose not to. Guys spoke. Thurl said he saw him and so forth. So he was in the arena. We did see all that. But maybe he's just not ready. It's too soon, as they say. Yeah. But I'm glad you brought up Joe because uh, you and I had this conversation uh, after the last game that, you know, kind of a, a, an unnoticed part of Joe's absence is the fact that he really was the team's backup point guard. And you and I talked about who was going to take over the, those duties and and I think we were chatting about Trent Forrest, although we both, uh, I think, came to the conclusion he can't do it all. But the truth of it is, that's probably going to be Donovan Mitchell pitching, picking up most of that slack, don't you think? Uh, yeah, you don't want him handling the ball as the point guard as much, that much. But you want him to still be able to pass the ball. And that's, an, that's a skill that's very, very important. And it just makes your team that much more dangerous. Yeah, I don't know that they really have a true point guard in the sense that, uh, you know, there's a one guy who brings it up every time and he's initiating the offense. He's looking over at the coach who's given the four down and all that, that we saw for 20 years by yeah. somebody else. But that's the way the game is. You know, you want guys who can do a lot of different things and it's morphed away from that, particularly with the advent and the importance of the three point shooting. That is something that you need to do. But Mitchell, if you have the opportunity to pass the ball, yeah, because you're going to draw so much attention and guys are going to know where you are at all times, which means you have an opportunity then to be able to set your teammates up like he did in those two examples that you already brought up. Brought yeah. up. yeah, and and we've seen him try to take on the double and triple team himself. And sometimes he's successful, probably more successful than uh, most mere mortals. Uh, but, I mean, if you can get open shots for Boyan Bogdanovich or even Royce O'Neal who's shooting uh, from the 40s from three. You know, you you talk about Clarkson's going to knock down those open ones. I mean, these are, you know, great shooters and NBA players. If you get them open shots, they're going to make them. Yeah, it's imperative that the great players do that. We've seen that throughout the history of the game. The great players, sure, they're known for hitting the big-time shots and all that stuff, but at the same time, they're also known for passing the ball because they full well know that they're going to command so much more attention. And then if your best player is willing to give you the ball, that's just going to pump up your confidence too. Yeah, which... Donovan, uh, at least he he talks about it a great deal. has has a lot of confidence in his teammates, and I think he's he's certainly showing that uh, a little bit more lately. Um, what did you think about the young crew that got to get got in at the in the fourth PK? Anything stand out to you? We saw a lot of dope. Uh, we saw Nikhil Alexander Walker. We saw uh, Jared Butler get in and get a bunch of minutes. Uh, any of those guys stand out to you? Uh, yeah, I think they all did. Just to be able to get out and run around a little bit. Uh, Hernan Gomez hitting both of his shots. I don't know if he's going to get much playing time. I don't know if he's going to be on the team next year. Uh, the thing about uh, Azubuke is that you know, he doesn't play a whole lot, obviously, but at least he looks in shape to me. And so what that means, he must be doing the work where no one's watching. So you get an opportunity to get out on the floor, and you can at least stay out there for a little bit. And I, and I think that's important. I'm still surprised about Alexander Walker, but it's a tough situation coming in and you're trying to impress the team immediately. These guys, you know, a sense of they're basically not necessarily playing for the Jazz. They're playing for survival in the league. It just so happens that they're on the Jazz, and survival in the league is important no matter which team you're on. So for those guys, they get these precious minutes, and they've got to come through. They've got to make them a little bit tight to an extent. But, you know, overall... Uh, do what you do. Just get out there. And Pascal, I'm surprised that uh, you know, he only got, what, eight minutes? Because it just seems like he shows me stuff each time. And it seems like there's something there. And we'll see as it maybe if it develops with the Jazz in the next two to three years. Because there might be something there to watch with him. Because it looks like, to me, there certainly is. I think so, too. And just to add a, a couple of different things to to what you're talking about, PK, with Doak. I, I totally agree with you about him in being in shape and even much better shape than than he was a couple of months ago, just coming back from that injury. I think you're on the money. But I liked his footwork. 
How'd you like that little spin move uh, to a to a nice uh, soft kind of touch shot to get it to go as the first bucket he made, and then he had a couple of uh, of dunks off some nice passes, including a no look pass from Alexander Walker who had five yeah. assists, which I I think you know he didn't score, but maybe he can do a couple of other things for you. And I agree with you. I think there's a little pressure. You know, popular player like Joe Ingles uh, getting traded for him. You have a little pressure coming in, and, and maybe he can do a couple of different things. The five assists are nice. But but the, the footwork from Doak tells me he's a listener, PK, and this is just me, you know, kind of kind of guessing a little bit. But, you know, seeing stuff like that tells me that, that he's coachable and what coaches are, are talking to him about, he's listening because when we first seen him get minutes the last couple of years, he looks lost out there, right? And, and not really sure where to be or, or kind of how to play the, you know, have the, the fine-tuned NBA game. And it seems like little stuff like that stands out to me, that here's a guy who, who he must be a worker because you can see it uh, in, in almost every – I know we see limited performances, but you can, you can see him getting better. Right, and he's got the body, so you're willing to spend time with him in terms of making a commitment for him to be on the roster – you know, it's like the pitcher who can throw hard but is having trouble throwing strikes, but he has the velocity. So you're probably going to stay with him a little bit longer to see what you can get if there's something there that can develop. And who knows? Maybe Azubuke can be basketball's version of the wild man, Randy Johnson, who ends up getting himself in the Hall of Fame. Probably not, but you can hope and dream. Imagine uh, facing Randy Johnson when he was having control issues and intimidating. I no, I couldn't imagine facing him at any point. Yeah, know, but, but just knowing at any moment that uh, that uh, that ball could be coming right for you would be <laughs> would be uh, really something. And then just Jared Butler, as long as we're talking about the young guys, PK. Um, uh, I thought he played better tonight. You saw him move the ball a little bit, um, made some shots, two of five. He had five points, one of three from three. But he, you know, we saw him early in the year. He just dribbled so much and was so used to being the focal point. I think he's he appears like he's uh, adjusting his game as well. Yeah, those guys are just going to need all sorts of time. You know, they're going to need time in the summer, get a full summer league. Uh, going forward there and training and all that and see where they're at. You know, maybe there's something there that they could develop. Uh, you want to see how it plays out. I don't know that there's anything there. I don't know if they're just going to be interchangeable guys, but you never know. You know, we already spoke about Joe, and he was at the end of the bench at some point, and we know Royce O'Neal has worked himself into a bona fide player on a really good team, and both of these dudes didn't come in getting – 25 30 minutes right at the start it took a good while oh i would bet that one of these guys that we're talking about that we saw close the game uh tonight plays their way into the rotation at some point in the future i, I don't know if i want to set a timetable on that but uh, you know at least one of the dudes we're talking about now will play uh will play okay, a part we, in this are rotation are we including trent forrest uh, no, I wasn't in my okay, mind okay. but if All you right, want to if you want to include him then i absolutely think so because he oh, might yeah, get for sure. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. already in it. So right. uh, exclude him. I'm not sure that I could agree with you. I don't know that uh, unless I go with Pascal. But he's already been in and out, so I don't know if he counts either. I'm more just betting on history. I think you know you bring up the examples of Royce and and Joe, uh, but the, you know there've been others throughout history, right? You know you're talking about the, like Damari Carroll and Trevor Booker, and and the yeah. Jazz has been really good about. You know, letting guys play their way uh, up the roster and contribute. Uh, uh, George Niang, right? Uh, I mean, uh, a more Niang, recent example. Yeah, he he was uh, he was a G leaguer, and obviously you can just go with Gobert in that regard too. Uh, so um, I I just don't know yet because I haven't seen enough of these guys. And when you look back, it's like. Well, how in the world did Royce O'Neal not even get drafted? That seems outrageous. How in the world did Gobert last till 27? That seems outrageous. Well, it's easy to say now. Yeah. But what were we saying at the time? Probably not anything close. So it's the same thing here. I don't necessarily see it now, but if it comes to pass, I'll probably look back and think, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, you can see that. <laughs> but you don't see it at the time. And maybe the, the, I'm not the expert that the jazz uh, officials and management are, and maybe they see something there that is worth developing. Good thing is, you know, you got time with these guys. They're basically on the cheap, and so they'll get these opportunities, and maybe it can happen because you're probably going to need it to happen as the salaries go up and you pay your stars 
a high percentage of the salary cap. You need these other guys who don't don't make nearly as much to be able to contribute. That is one hundred percent the truth. You're you're absolutely uh, you're absolutely right about that. And these guys, honestly, you know, you look at Royce and Joe in particular. You know, identify a role and go out there and play it, and then that role will expand eventually, right? You know, Royce's defense got him on the onto the floor, and then he showed an ability to knock down the three when he's open and. Lo and behold, he's been starting for the past couple. Yeah, of now, yeah, he's playing thirty minutes a game. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's a that's a high level example. Yeah. I don't necessarily see it out of these any any of these guys, but I'm not going to rule out anybody's uh, ability to improve their game. How about Joe? I mean, Joe started off uh, getting sparing minutes, filling in for who who was injured uh, initially that opened the door for Joe was it Rodney was it Hood? Hood? I think that's who it was, and yeah. he went out there and and banged a couple of threes. And then showed that he could handle the ball a little bit. Next thing you know, he's playing his way up the roster, right? And he's rich. Yeah. I mean, that'd, that'd <laughs> be nice. That's that's an, the Joe Ingles story is uh, one of Hollywood. I don't know. Does Australia have a Hollywood or is it our Hollywood? Uh, because somebody somewhere along the line, they made a movie about Kurt Warner, you know, and they realized he won a Super Bowl in the NFL. But the Joe Ingles story in its own right is actually a, a great story. And obviously, if they included the whole Joe Ingles story with he's done on our radio show, you probably you would need somebody like Brad Pitt to play me. Oh, really? Is that that the case? I think it's obvious, don't you? No, no, I don't. But that's okay. You can cast you need yourself. To get your eyes checked at Davis Vision. Then <laughs> that's okay. I need to go go in and get that LASIK, get that squared away. Oh man. Well, on that uh, on on that note, PK, I think we're going to cut you loose from the post game. You do have a morning show to get prepared for, and when I say prepared, I mean at least get a little bit of sleep. Uh, we'll have, uh, in fact, we'll get to Coach Quinn Snyder coming up here momentarily. But want to say a big thanks to you, PK. We'll be listening tomorrow morning. All right, very very good. Thank you. We'll talk to everybody in the morning. Thank you, PK. You're the man. Okay. That's Patrick Kinahan, of course, here. I'm alongside David James, 6 to 10, every single morning on the Zone Sports Network, including tomorrow morning. So we need to get uh, PK tucked in and uh, so he's not too cranky in the morning for David because we all know that that, uh, that can be an issue. But let's get some postgame sound going. Let's now go uh, down to the media room. It's time to hear from Jazz Head Coach Quinn Snyder. What a game like tonight. <laughs> Well, I think, you know, just it's a general comment, but playing the right way. Um, some of the things that we've talked about, um, no matter the score, no matter the opponent, um, are the things that we need to do, you know, to play well. And, you know, is regardless of who the opponent is, sometimes that's you know, more difficult because they're doing something different, but, um, you know, I, I liked how we moved the ball. Um, I thought we defended. There was, there was one stretch in the fourth quarter where we kind of let up mentally some of the guys that came in off the bench and then, um, was really happy with how they responded to that. And just came out of a timeout and started guarding and moved the ball, you know, Nikhil had, I think five assists and however many minutes, you know, JB was unselfish, um, so a lot of guys did some, some good things, you know, Donovan, you know, getting people involved early, um, you know, picking his spots. Um, so again, it's, you, know, you want to play the right way. And every time you do that, um, it's another layer and we just got to continue to build on that. Talk about mental toughness for the sake, you know, pregame. How big was it to, you know, you put it full and, you know, you put it away early. You know, I, I think as much as, you know, we've got some guys that, you know, Rudy Gay, for instance, you know, I left out there a little longer house. You're just trying to find some guys that, you know, that need some minutes to get their rhythm. Um, I think the thing that, that sometimes happens when you get a big lead is that you change how you play. And I, I didn't think that happened. I felt like we continued to play, play the right way on both ends. Every time I hear about, maybe it's why I've hesitated to talk about record. I, I remember when we'd lost nine in a row my first year and uh, I was checking to see, you know, how many, what the record was. So I've never been, uh, 
I've never been kind of focused on that except during that stretch because <laughs> it was, uh, we weren't, we weren't very good at that point. And, you know, I think we kept grinding and um, eventually got a win and then got a few more. Um, so try to be consistent with that regardless of our record and uh, continue to get better. And I really see this next, you know, this next stretch as an opportunity for us to do that, particularly, you know, to, to continue to play the way that we need to play no matter who the opponent is. So um, there, there's good teams in this league and, you know, getting a win in an NBA game is hard. So uh, to the extent that, you know, that's where we are, um, that's a credit to, you know, guys, not just this year, but, you know, over the past years of how hard they've worked and improved. And so that is something, you know, that as a coaching staff, you feel good about, you know, seeing your teams improve and, you know, hopefully we'll keep doing it with this team right now and win a few more. Along the point, play in San Antonio well, it's hard, you know, I'm not going to sit here and evaluate coach pop, you know, I mean, um, it, it's obvious on, on every level of the, you know, how, how special and unique he is as a coach and a leader. Um, you know, I know from a personal standpoint that, you know, the, the times that, you know, that, that I've needed help or guidance, um, you know, he's been there for me. And to be honest with you, I, you know, I can't speak to wins and losses as much as I can to, you know, it's probably emblematic of all the people that he's touched and supported and helped throughout his career as much as anything. All right, there you go. Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder uh, talking about a number of different things, talking about Greg Popovich uh, there at uh, at the end. Of course, Pop trying to become the NBA's all-time winningest coach. He'll have an opportunity to do that against the Jazz coming up on Friday night. Still think I'll pick the Jazz in that game, but uh, still, nonetheless. And, of course, Greg Popovich has talked in the past about uh, modeling the way he built that San Antonio program about uh, around, at least uh, to a certain extent, the way Jerry Sloan uh, built things here. Uh, with the Utah Jazz, so somewhat appropriate. He'd be going for that record against this Jazz team on Friday night. Coach Snyder also talking about how uh, doesn't care about the records, doesn't keep an eye on that. It hasn't since his, fir- his first year with the Jazz where he had a nine-game losing streak. Wow, does that feel like a long time ago, like that uh, never happened. But uh, since then, he just concentrates on uh, getting a win each and every night and said uh, also talked about how getting NBA wins is hard. Didn't seem particularly hard tonight, but of course uh, we've seen Jazz struggle with the shorthanded teams before. However, uh, this this Portland team is one of the 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 mo- let me put it the, uh, try to put it somewhat nicely the the most shorthanded team, one of the most shorthanded teams uh, I've seen at least in uh, in quite some time. Let's get to your uh, master or no, actually, there's two points in the paint. Brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-CERTA or visit CertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. Serta Pro Painters, proven and trusted experts in painting. Points in the paint tonight. The Jazz outscored the Blazers uh, 44-28. to And 28, by the way, is about as low as I think I have seen that stat this year. And Portland, frankly, just didn't do a whole lot of scoring, period. Blazers uh, shot just 32.5%. Uh, from the field. So uh, in a lot of teams struggle scoring in the paint against Rudy Gobert, and this uh, Portland team pretty much struggled uh, scoring anywhere. Uh, let's see. They were uh, led by Trendon Watford coming off the bench, who uh, scored 22 points, and uh, Keon Johnson had 15. Uh, the, only, uh, the only Blazers player in double figures in the starting lineup was uh, C.J. Ellaby, who had 10, and Portland just had a lot of trouble uh, putting the ball in the basket tonight. Uh, the Jazz converse, conversely shot 52% and 37% from three, 17 of 46. Coming up next, uh, we'll get some uh, player sound for you. Stay tuned. We'll get a reaction from the locker room coming up next. Uh, Post game is brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign featuring real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. Your final score, Jazz beat the Blazers 123 to 85. More next on the Jazz Radio Network.
Jazz game night post game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott with you tonight. Post game is brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru Is campaign, Real Stories. From real Mark Miller Subaru customers, share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Jazz win tonight, 123-85. to They blow away the Portland Trailblazers, and of course, that means it's an Arby's night. Uh, this season, when the Utah Jazz score 111 or more points in a game, Jazz app users score a free Arby's classic roast beef sandwich the very next day. Download the Utah Jazz app, turn on notifications, and visit utahjazz.com slash score big to learn more. We'll get you some uh, player sound coming up here momentarily. Well, let's get to your Master of the Glass, brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, a local vehicle glass expert. They're here for another great year of basketball and proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound Program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 to a charitable organization for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Tonight's Master of the Glass, it's a tie. Rudy Gobert and Royce O'Neal each with 10 rebounds apiece. Uh, They each had one offensive rebound tonight. The Jazz had six total offensive rebounds, and they out-rebounded Portland 50 to 36. So just smashed Portland on the boards. I mean, honestly, this was a, a domination in all facets of the game uh, for the Utah Jazz uh, on the boards, shooting the ball, playing defense all across the board. It was all Utah Jazz all the time. In fact, the Jazz tonight uh, had 31 assists on 42 made field goals. If Coach Lacombe was here, uh, with us tonight, he would be super fired up about that particular stat. Uh, led by Donovan Mitchell, who had uh, six assists, but Mike Conley added five. Uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker coming off the bench had five. Trent Forrest had four. Royce O'Neal with three. So the Jazz uh, ball movement uh, really working uh, against this Port- Portland Trailblazer team, who, again, uh, is is so extraordinarily shorthanded. The, the, the Jazz led this game by as many as 51 points points as uh, they just waxed uh, the Portland Trailblazers tonight again 123 to 85 a lot of work for the uh, younger players tonight uh, let's go uh, back down to the media room it's time to hear from uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker you know, we just haven't really talked to you for the month since you've been traded here so just what you know what have you learned with that uh, it's been a lot um really fast uh just came off a pretty long road trip. Um, trying to organize, moving all my stuff, uh, living in a hotel. It's just been a lot thrown at me just that I'm not really used to or in my comfort zone. But I thank the whole organization, the team, and everybody because they've been making it really easy for me. And so um, just from everything, from learning the plays to Understanding the system. Don talks a lot. He's very vocal. He helps me out um, defensively, Royce, Rudy. Um, and everyone's there. If I have a question, anyone can really answer. And, and that's been a big help. Along those lines, what's kind of been the toughest part of the on-course? Obviously, the lifestyle is difficult enough. But we hear from a lot of guys coming to the system. You know, Quinn's got a playbook that's big in the dictionary. I think truthfully the the main thing is that it's it is a dictionary like in terms of just language and understanding schemes um more so from a word standpoint really understanding what means what um has been different because it's unlike any other team and so I think just kind of studying it kind of feels like I'm back at school, just really taking the time to really learn and study and go home, watch film and um, just see what I'm missing that I can catch up on. Obviously, you played here at the club before. You've heard the noise, you've heard the crowd. What's it like, you know, playing for the team now and having them behind you? Uh, it's really fun. Um, as far as, like, crowds go, it reminds me of college. Like, that real loud, rowdy atmosphere. Um, after every play, you're hearing a ooh, a scream, something. So it's, it's exciting. And I can only imagine what playoff basketball is like. Um, and I'm, I'm excited for that as well. Has it been 
difficult. Obviously, you come from New Orleans where you're playing kind of a significant role from here where it's kind of establishing the technical playoff case and, and your minister of more than Has it been tough kind of acclimating to that even if you're kind of learning everything you need to do? Um, not really because there's no pressure on me. Uh, like you said, the whole team has been set. They've had more than half a year without me and they've done pretty well from years prior and now. And so for me, it's just to come in and find where I fit in. And there's no pressure for me to do that because right now I'm still learning. Um, and everyone's being helpful. Everyone's helping me. So I think all of it's been like a, a good learning experience. One thing that was reported when the trade happened was that you would be a rotation player, that you would have a spot there. And I'm curious if you were told the same thing or if you were told something else that, hey, you know, that there are a lot of guys. Uh, the main thing I was told was be myself, come in, work hard, um, and just help the team defensively uh, and do what I did tonight, kind of get other guys' shots, get in the paint, and make the right play, just play basketball. Just noticed Quinn kind of brought you aside and kind of said, hey, good passing there. He's got five assists. You know, does that kind of positive feedback mean something when, you know, you do get these chances at the end of the game. Yeah, um, for sure. And just to get the rhythm and the flow, just to do something well um, and be out there feels good uh, as in front of the home crowd and just to kind of get acclimated more. Um, experience is life's greatest teacher. And so the more experience I get with this team, the better it will be. Now you've gotten to know these guys a little bit. Anyone's tried to do this personalities or the game or anything like that? Uh, I would say I think because he comes off the bench to score. Um, JC is a really, really good passer. Uh, and I think just from everybody, they've been real cool. Uh, you know when you play against other teams, it gets chippy, you guys talk. You don't really know what to expect for them as people. And then when you get on the other side, things kind of change. And so seeing everyone's personality, hanging out with them, um, everybody's real cool and chill and laid back. So um, pleasant surprises for sure. There you go. Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Good to hear from him. Uh, of course, the newest jazz man. He did not score tonight. He was 0 for 4. Uh, all three-point shots. Missed them all. But he did have five assists and three rebounds. And you heard him uh, talk about feedback he got from uh, Coach Quinn Snyder about being able to pass and move the ball. But uh, you also heard uh, the message he heard, well, the message that he got when he first got to this roster, go out there and play defense. He also, uh, I thought it was interesting, he talked about how everybody else on the team is is willing to help when he has questions because apparently he has to learn a, a whole new language studying uh, Quinn Snyder's, I guess, game plan and the playbook, which uh, reads like a dictionary, he said he felt like he's <laughs> he's back at school having to study this, uh, which, uh, you know, jazz do things differently than, than pretty much anybody else in the league, according uh, to Nikhil. Uh, it's time for your Chick-fil-A foul shot review of the game. Download a whole new way to Chick-fil-A. Earn rewards with the Chick-fil-A One app. Uh, let's see here. Tonight, the jazz from the line. Uh, we're 22 of 27, uh, 81.5% tonight uh, for the Utah Jazz. Uh, for the uh, Blazers, they were 18 of 22. Uh, the Jazz uh, didn't have another uh, player shoot more than uh, four foul shots tonight. And actually, Donovan did not attempt a foul shot in his 24 minutes. Donovan, of course, was 16 points and six assists. Uh, it's your Jazz Game Night post-game show. Post-game is brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign featuring real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse, and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. The Jazz Wax, the Blazers, 123-85. to We'll get you more player sound coming up next right here on the Jazz Radio Network.
Jazz Game Night Post Game Show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott with you. Post Game is brought to you by friends at Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru is campaign real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Jazz blow away the Blazers tonight, 123 to 85. Uh, the Blazers. Really, none of the uh, uh, key names that you're used to hearing on this Blazer team, of course, no Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum after being traded, no Yusuf Nurkic, and uh, the, the Blazers actually making several other trades at the deadline, and this is a team that's uh, not trying to win basketball games, and that was certainly evident tonight as the Jazz uh, win going away, one, uh, led by as many as 51 points in this one. And honestly, the Blazers had 36 points in the fourth quarter when the game was long over and uh, the Jazz had emptied their bench. But get this, 15 points in the first quarter for the Blazers, 20 in the second, 14 points in the third quarter. The first team this year to not have 50 points through the first three quarters of play. And the Jazz, of course, played well. Um you know, going up against an uh, opponent of this caliber at this moment, probably not all that difficult to play well. But nonetheless, uh, the Jazz played really well, led by Bogdanovich, who had 27 points. Uh, Donovan Mitchell had 16. Royce O'Neal with 11. As Royce uh, Royce had a double-double tonight, 11 points, 10 rebounds, as he is playing sneaky good. He's been playing uh, good basketball, really, since uh, since the All-Star break and uh, shooting the ball really well as he continues to be the Jazz uh, leader percentage-wise in uh, three-point field goals. So Royce O'Neal with a, another good night, but we did have a chance to see uh, the young players a little bit as they got in there in the fourth quarter and even uh, a little bit beyond. We heard from Nikhil Alexander-Walker in the last segment. Uh, let's now hear from Wancho Hernan Gomez. Really, since we talked to you, and just kind of what has the last month been like for you with the Jazz and the environment? I mean, it's been great. Um coming to a great organization who really, really want to win and invest everything they got to the players and uh, to develop the players and, and working on what we really need. Uh, it's been good. Uh, I mean, we've been playing up and downs uh, of our basketball, but I think when we play Utah basketball, it's, it's, it's fun and it's, it's a great basketball. So, yeah. What? You've played a lot of coaches on the after, obviously. What is different or unique about Prince Snyder? Um, I think how he, how we watch film, how he details the game. Uh, he really know, he really know what he wants and what he don't want, and he's uh, strong on on his goals or or the identity of the team and what the team is made for and. Uh, whatever uh, we get out that path is is not good, and and he is really straight for what he wants and how he wants. So, yeah. Just getting to know some of the teammates over this time, you know, so, um, obviously you knew some of them from playing against them before, but mm-hmm. now being in the locker room with them, does anyone personality or, or something to their game surprise you? Um. I mean, everybody, you know, uh, it's way different to play against each other. And especially in, uh, you guys know the rivalry of uh, Utah and Denver. Uh, and it's way different to being opposite teams. And then with national team, we, we play against uh, Bogey and, and, and Rudy. And it's way different when you defend your country and, and one-to-ones of any cost. And, and you surprised me. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm really cool with everybody. I meet uh, JC uh, this summer on Philly uh, doing the movie. And uh, I mean, I was really cool with him. And uh, Donovan, him, I think he's the, he impressed me the most on how he works and uh, how he watches video, how he stay after the game, how he really want to get better. Uh, uh, he came every single day. Uh, the first one there, the last one to leave. Uh, he remind me and that that way to um, when I played in Boston with Jason Tatum and that both are are superstars and they want to get better every single game and they they work on the game, they watch film and they just want to get better and they impress me a lot and he's been great. Yeah, yeah, we talk. Uh, he loved the organization, he loved the team. 
uh, he was happy for me when I get here. Uh, the way they play, he fit really good of my game. And you know, Queen, uh, he he played really good here, and, and he was happy here. You brought up the movie. I didn't realize you had done that when we spoke to you when you got traded here. What was that experience like? Say again. What was the experience like of, of filming the movie? Ah, uh, it was it, it was amazing. It was really fun. It's uh, one time experience life, and I. I'm so glad I did it, and uh, you guys will see on June. And I mean, it was really fun. It was long. We've been shooting for two years, but um, I'm so happy to to do it. And I meet so much good people, and and you know, I it was great experience, unbelievable. You know, how did they come to choose you for that? Uh, I mean, it was funny because they they asked me several months to do it but uh, at that moment I was playing in I just got trade to Minnesota and and I just you know my dream is always be um being a basketball player or you know basketball is my love and I was I wasn't I never want to be an actor never crossed my mind so and they asked me for several months I I tell my agent like I don't want to do it and then the NBA stops because COVID and I was I was at home in Charlotte with my brother and my sister, and we were really bored. We were so boring. <laughs> and I did it more for my family to do something, you know, and, and we just record the videos just to have fun, you know, to do something. And they start liking me, and we just keep going like the castings. And then after a couple months of, of castings and Zoom calls, it becomes uh, serious, and they 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 offer me the, the the movie, and they they I get it, and and now we I'm an actor and I have the movie, <laughs> so it's crazy how life goes. Yeah. Ah, uh, he's great. Uh, I had so much fun with him. Uh, he texts me every single day. He watches the games. Uh, we we in contact all time. Like he's. After the movie, we are really close. Uh, when I won, when I go into LA, we go and play golf together. Or like I went to his home, and you know, to play with uh, his daughters. And he's just a normal guy. He just loves to have fun. He's so funny, and he's so like low key. And I love his energy. He treats the uh, in a great way to everybody. And I don't know. We I think both together we did a great a great job. Question: When you play all throughout Europe, you play in the NBA. How does this Jazz crowd the atmosphere here compared to some of those other teams and other atmospheres? I mean, I, I've been surprised how much the crowd is every single game. Uh, even today, it's kind of late, uh, but it was packed. They cheer. I really can't wait to see the playoff atmosphere. Uh, and uh, when you go to the office on the practice facility, you see all the pictures, uh, all yellow, and I'm I'm really excited to see that. Um, yeah, I mean, Europe is, is crazy too. I've been in World Cups, European Championships or, or tie games and it, it's crazy too. But uh, I think like playoff is, is, is the best. All right, there you go. That's Juancho Hernan Gomez who uh, played seven minutes tonight. He had five points, a couple of rebounds as well. He was two of two shooting one of one from three. Uh, as the Jazz win tonight over the Blazers, 123-85. to Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. Your final, uh, as I mentioned, 123-85. to Coming up next, we'll get your play of the game. We've got a couple of stat nuggets from our friend Tyson Ewing, and we'll put a wrap on this one straight ahead right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Gets a pick from Bogdanovich and lost it to Rudy, who with a left hand throws it down. Beautiful angle, what they call the Spain pick and roll play. There's your play of the game right there. Brought to you by our friends at the Larry H. Miller dealerships uh, for service, sales, and selection. LHMauto.com, driven by you. Jake Scott with you tonight. The Jazz beat the Blazers 123-85 to in a game that, believe it or not, was not actually that close. Uh, even as close as the final score. Uh, Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign featuring real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. Mark Miller 
Subaru.com. If you're uh, just joining us, really, the Jazz got their whole team into the game, all 15 players. They were led tonight by Bogdanovich, who had 27 points in 24 minutes as he continues to be very good. He did leave this one with a leg contusion. Uh, have not seen an update on that quite yet. Donovan Mitchell had 16 points, six assists, and four rebounds in the 24 minutes that he played, six of 12 from the field, four of 10 from three. Royce O'Neal with a double-double, 11 points, 10 boards. He also had three assists. Rudy Gobert had nine points and 10 rebounds. Uh, Jordan Clarkson with eight points coming in off the bench. Trent Forrest also had eight points. Uh, Rudy Gay with nine. Coach Snyder, we heard from him a little bit earlier on in the show, uh, said that um, he left uh, Rudy Gay and Danielle uh, Danielle House in uh, for a few extra minutes. He uh, viewed them as a couple players who could use a little extra time to get to uh, get a few more uh, to get their rhythm. I believe is uh, the exact word that uh, Coach Snyder used. And like I said, the entire Jazz team got in, got minutes, got work, and uh, the Jazz, as I mentioned, win going away. Uh, all right, let's get to our friend Tyson Ewing. He does stats for AT&T Sportsnet, and he occasionally shares uh, one or two nuggets with us for the post game. Let's get to a couple of those, and then we'll put a wrap on this one. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich has hit the most threes in a three-game stretch in Utah Jazz franchise history. He has hit 21. The previous high was 18 by Donovan, and Joe Ingles uh, did that twice. The Jazz had the largest lead at the end of the third quarter in franchise history at 47. So just a a couple of stat nuggets right there, and the Jazz truly did uh, dominate this one tonight, as I mentioned, leading by as many as 51 points at one point. And the Jazz do not have a 50-point victory in uh, franchise history, as you heard Locke talk about, uh, that uh, thought maybe the Jazz could get that tonight, but... uh, no, the Blazers uh, actually closed the game with 36 points in the fourth quarter, going up against the bottom of the Jazz bench. Other than that, they had 15 points in the first, 20 in the second, 14 in the third. So a Blazers team that obviously had trouble scoring the basketball. They shot just uh, 32.5% from the field. Meanwhile, the Jazz shot 52% from the field tonight and going 17 of 46 from three. Again, the Jazz had 31 assists on 42 made field goals. Statistically, uh, they just uh, absolutely dominated this game in all facets. Uh, We want to say a big thanks tonight to everybody who helped out, of course, with the broadcast. Uh, Thanks David Locke and Ron Boone doing a great job calling all of the action. As always, those guys are great. Thanks to the broadcast assistants who helped us out tonight. Jeff Carroll, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Big thanks to uh, uh, Patrick Kinahan, who filled in for Coach Tim Lacombe tonight. PK's the man. We cut him loose a little bit early. He's got to get up do that morning show alongside David James coming up tomorrow morning. Listen to those guys, of course, from 6 to 10. And uh, thanks to Mark Miller Subaru, the title sponsor of the post-game show and the My Subaru Is campaign, real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. My Subaru Is dot com jazz win tonight over the blazers 123 to 85 up next jazz take on the spurs on the road on friday night that game will tip off at 6 30 pregame coverage begins at 5 30 and you'll hear it all right here on the jazz radio network